2: Live.
3: Welcome to the Colton Collective Podcast. Now, here are your hosts, Dave A.C.
4: and the Sixth Doctor.
3: And welcome to the Cultum Collective The podcast where, Luke, I am your father Hello Dave, how are you?
5: I'm sorry, I'm so sorry
3: No <laughs> <laughs> statement, for
5: later Oh, that's my really riposte, didn't... I'm sorry uh, you're my father
3: uh, Obviously uh. looking at the chat, it's panto season
5: yes.
3: <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, you're not All righty. Well, you're here, I'm here, I'm back, of course. Um, And for those of you following me on Facebook and Twitter, you'll know that uh, this show may be very, very interesting due to the fact that I've quit smoking, for uh, which I was repaid with getting BBC America. So I was going to watch Doctor Who this weekend, um, and then I won't watch any of the repeat showings because they're bound to come to shreds. Listen, just, just,
5: just imagine <laughs> he's on st- hey, what? hey, what? What, what, hey, what, I was just going to tell people to imagine that they're on Stargate Universe and you're like that chap without his coffee. Yeah, there you go.
3: <laughs> All right, speaking of BBC America and speaking of, of course, the rest of the room, let's do the intros, starting with the man with the mission to take down BBC America and their editing
6: problems, <laughs> Mr. Benjamin Elliott.
3: You couldn't hope for a better introduction than that, sir. So.
6: Indeed. Uh, good afternoon, Ian. I enjoyed the show a great deal tomorrow, so I thought I'd better pop in and make sure I made the news section. And Charlie's going to find a really exciting way to say radish in about half an hour, just I better warn you. Ah,
3: these time travelers. <laughs> we get them all the time, you know. It's old hat around here, really. All right. Speaking of, uh, somebody I don't have a fancy snappy line for, it's Mr. Tricky79. Well,
4: I'm looking forward to, uh, what's going to happen in half an hour.
3: Oh, we all are. We all are.
4: <laughs> and speaking of him being in a
3: completely different time zone, hopefully he has sound, it's Mr. Dar Skeptical. The drums are back! Hey, <laughs> Can he actually speak, though?
1: That I can speak. Yeah, there he goes. Because i <laughs> turned down my speaker volume. I don't know what's going on.
5: I think he should have said that line, Luke, I am your father. <laughs>
3: Luke, I am your father. Yeah, not really. <laughs> uh, Dave, should I unmute un- un- your other self or not?
5: <laughs> no, no.
3: No, no, it's not worth it. I mean, is that's my, father. That's is that's that's
5: my... My That's twin brother? He's the one from, the one from half an hour in Star of the future. <laughs> in Star Wars, they have twin brothers. <laughs> <your sister>.
3: All righty.
5: <laughs> Give him the hard well, time, folks.
3: Yes, yes. I'm back, and so am I. Hello, me. How are me? <laughs> me too? Yep. Hello,
2: me. One could almost say... But I am the very model of a Gallifreyan buccaneer. I am the very model of a Gallifreyan buccaneer. I have information on all things a Gallifreyan knows, Monsieur. i have linked to the Matrix
7: Lewis Cyclic Circuitry. I understand dimensional and relative chronometry.
2: Ah! <sighs> uh, no, I, I heard yeah. you said he was a hungry man. <clears throat> now, don't you mean a, an, an androgum, Jamie? Aye, that'll be it. <laughs>
5: What you uh,
8: all you?
3: Yes, yes. <laughs> Tune in. Oh,
2: la-
8: <laughs>
3: Tune in last week when you'll hear Miss Piggy say. <laughs> all right. Speaking of twins, it's my son's twin, although he's a lot older and lives in a completely different state and has a completely different mother. It's lover of pie, Mr. Randall Thor, and when I say lover of pie, I mean lover of pie.
8: Oh. My mm. boy. Hello, hello,
9: hello. <laughs>
3: Bitch, you didn't know you were going to get that introduction. <laughs> I love pie. <laughs> <laughs> we just got called sick by a man who makes horror movies for a living. <laughs> Speaking of which, it's Rick Wall. Hello, guys. <laughs> will be the subject of this next movie
5: uh, the engines cannot take it Captain <laughs> <laughs> no, horror and just, podcasting wait, blah, blah.
4: <laughs> oh, oh boy even for me
5: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what sort of cigarettes were they used to smoke in? <laughs> <laughs>
3: sorry anyway moving on because <laughs> we really should it's right. Rowans. hello Helen.
2: It's
3: me! It's oh. you!
5: Somebody's sane at last.
2: Yeah. Uh, to me, you, to me, to you. <laughs> oh,
3: yeah. And we saved it's the best all. for last because he doesn't have much time, which is why we saved him for last. It's on the <laughs> dilapidated laptop in the corner, this is Tim Turing.
7: Yes, well, uh, this time yesterday I just got home from uh, meeting Romana 2 and her slightly mad cosplay friends photos in chat now yeah <laughs> so you, you just got her from eating at 2 no meeting meeting
3: Meeting, meeting hello she's <laughs> <been> not <nothing> enough
7: <laughs> meat on her to eat now she's down to one meal a day
3: i hope you fed her
7: no she'd got chocolate on her she was all right
5: <laughs> but, um, yeah somebody was handing out free chocolate at the underground <laughs>
3: oh That kind of chocolate, huh? (laughs) Uh, Logan's back, hello. Anyway, (laughs) it's uh, time to lower the cone, Dave.
10: Control, new agent training program, section 3.5, the cone of silence. To activate, simply lower the
6: cone and speak
10: clearly. What? Do not overuse the cone of silence. What? Do not shout in the cone of silence. What? In fact, don't even use the cone of silence. What? It's never
3: worked right. I don't know why we bought it in the first place. The portable Cone of Silence. Bye. And under the cone today is Logan. Hello, Logan. Cost Swan Court, Mystery Presenter, and Guest 5, who I think actually will have something to do with the event that's going to happen in about half an hour on the show. So stay tuned for that. There's only one more person to introduce, and that is the typing monkey
2: <laughs> go typing monkey go
3: <laughs> It's news time, and somebody stole Charlie's line. <laughs> uh, that's a fight. <laughs>
8: <laughs>
3: all right, it's news time, and first up with news, it's Mr. Benjamin Elliot who has seen yesterday's news and is here to report on it.
6: okay. Well, we'll get to that in a moment, but first, the important headline for people, and a couple things coming up in the UK that people should know about. On Friday night, BBC Three is premiering a new documentary, Doctor Who's Greatest Moments the Daleks, at 7 p.m., looks like it's only 15 minutes long. On Saturday, BBC Radio Three, not TV, but radio, is going to have a live simulcast of the 2010 Doctor Who Proms Concert. And the coverage will run from 7.30 to 9.45 British Standard Time. So one hour later where Graham is in Germany. And obviously time varies based on where you live. And Matt Smith will be at this concert. The intermission for the concert is expected to be from 8.20 to 8.40. And at that point, Radio 3 is going to have a 20-minute documentary on 47 years of Doctor Who music. So it should be a very interesting thing for people to uh, listen to on the radio live if they can, and it will be available for listen again for seven days afterwards. Since this will be in the UK, if you haven't seen the season finale, The Big Bang yet, you're going to be spoiled if you listen to the concert. So for you out there, because I know some of you listening haven't seen The Big Bang yet, You'll have to wait till at least Sunday and use the Listen Again feature to hear the concert. For everyone else, you're fine, especially since it won't conflict with the broadcast time of the Big Bang in the U.S., Canada, or New Zealand. For the U.S. and Canada, Big Bang will start at 9 p.m. Eastern time, and there will be repeats. We'll be getting it in the U.S. in a one-hour slot with special limited commercial interruptions. It will be uncut. because at 10 o'clock, they want to have the season premiere of Being Human. In Canada, they're going to air it in a 70-minute slot, so it's uncut. Then at 10.10 Eastern, they'll have their document, they'll have their show, Inner Space, which will be a live special, looking at Doctor Who with people being allowed audience questions and everything. Then at 11 Eastern in Canada, will be the English language Canadian premiere of Voyage of the Damned because CBC never aired that episode back when they had the rights. That's what's coming up. What Ian's referring to yesterday, yesterday the Pandorica opens premiered on BBC America. And my plan was to try to boost the audience for this, to try to make a big play because BBC America was going to air it in a 65-minute slot. I wanted to make the case that we could make this a big event and point out to BBC America that they really ought to be airing all of their shows this way. And so I had a Twitter hashtag, 17 July Who plan. I was discussing in various places, including here. And last night, a bunch of us were... Tweeting about and posting about Doctor Who, the Pandora opens in various places as the episode aired. Including our own Ian, who was watching a news BBC America episode for the first time. Yay! <laughs> I,
3: I, I would have been tweeting along with you, but of course the computer and the uh T V are in two entirely different rooms. And plus my wife was using the computer at the time, so as much as I tried to during the commercial breaks, you know I couldn't.
6: <laughs> yes, but I tweeted after yeah a, a number of people I was really hoping that we'd get a trending topic like uh, Torchwood Management with in BBC America we didn't trend on Twitter so always has you worried and we'll never know if it made an impact or not unless BBC America comes out with some ratings and they're not likely to came close to the record so we'll probably never know if this was a success but it was fun and I think people enjoyed themselves and I'm happy to have tried that next time someone else can try a campaign <laughs> <laughs> yeah trend, um, trending I, my topic pick. you
5: need absolutely thousands I would have thought mm-hmm. I mean the the golf just about made it on and that's you know there must be hundreds of thousands watching that maybe thousands that tweet <laughs>
3: Well, I mean, I wish you luck with BBC America. I did tweet them uh, earlier in the week uh, when I told them that my wife was getting me BBC America if I quit smoking, and I asked them to uh, sweeten the pot. They never replied. I said, oh, my, my wife's getting me you for, for, for quitting smoking. What are you getting? <laughs> by the way,
6: um, the marathon of episodes on BBC America on Saturday, yes. the episodes that were under 46 minutes to begin with will be uncut, the episodes that were over 46 minutes will be cut down to 46 minutes. And I saw your tweets about Journey's End. Let me assure you, the edits for the 11th hour, which they did for the repeat version, is worse. I don't think anything is quite managed to outweigh what they did to the uh, Runaway Bride, but the Runaway Bride won't be part of that marathon. Personally, I'm expecting that in their own weekday rotation. They're getting the Wars of Mars this week. I'm expecting them to cut the suicide. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, and one more little thing. This is more of a rumor because it appeared on a PBS websites, but I'm suspicious. KERA in Dallas thinks that they're going to be able to air the 11th hour in the regular PBS slot late Friday, July 31st at midnight. I suspect that was supposed to be the next doctor, Last I checked, it was still saying 11 power. So some stations think that they're getting Doctor Who less than four months after the BBC premiere. And I like that way of thinking. (laughs) Power of positive thought. Yeah. And uh, so I've got to sign off because there are a bunch of things going on today. And I really hope to be back next week.
5: Oh, sorry to hear that.
6: Well. I thought you'd like to have me back next week. Okay. No, that you're, leave,
5: that you're leaving now. Anybody want uh, to buy a nice
6: house? There's one for sale.
5: Um,
6: I'm, I'm trying to offload a nice house. Ha- well, <laughs> that's what I <laughs> um,
3: Just before you go, Benjamin, um, uh, looking at the, the, the BBC America website, it looks as if they are cutting everything down to an hour time slot, but I could be wrong. But I swore when I looked to see what was on next week, because uh, I wanted to see what they were doing, that nothing was on a Everything seemed to be playing kind of uh, not to the hour. When I looked on my uh, Comcast on uh, guide, but I will uh, check on that later and
6: report my findings. Well, if, if they made a late change that I just haven't caught yet, and haven't been busy, then that's wonderful. If they go through, if if they listened to people and they made a sudden change to this weekend's marathon. Then by all means, that would change my opinion of it, right. and that would be wonderful. I am just going by the last thing I saw. I've looked at this thing many times up through yesterday afternoon. If they changed it, great.
3: Yeah, it it did look to 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 me that yeah that's what was. Uh, but yes, I will look again and I will report to you, soon and, you I'm and going to let you know again
6: too, because I'm going to have to have it updated for my next edition.
3: Yes, I will let you know as soon as I get off this okay. dreaded show. <laughs> All right. All right. Moving on, and thank you very much. Uh, to Mr. Darth Skeptical. Hello. Hello, sir.
1: Indeed. Well, unusually, I bring news from the fiftieth state that actually has some relevance this t- this little podcast, and that is on Thursday we had the official opening of production on the new Hawaii Five O. Now. This was a bigger deal than uh, the beginning of production on, say, Lost, um, in that we got the full Hawaiian regalia. We had the, the chief of police out there. We had the Hawaiian dancers. We had a full procession. We had a, a an honorific prayer. Uh, we had the whole deal, the blessing of Hawaii, onto the production. Um, now, significantly, of course, one of the people there was Grace Park, who you will remember from the delightful Battlestar Galactica? She is a regular on the series. Um, I don't know how many people have been following it, but of course, Hawaii Five O is—it is actually a cult series. It is hugely cult here, where it is still viewed as being uh, a reasonable attempt at filming life in Hawaii. Um, and this—we uh, don't know exactly. There is there is a clip already available because they did production elsewhere before they got to hawaii so they have enough stuff to um look at a clip and that was uh made available on thursday as well um
2: don't forget uh, to put it in the text box. uh
1: i don't know where it is i'm 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 talking off of actual experience not web experience
2: um,
8: um
1: so you can just look it up just look up for y5o probably on youtube and it'll probably be there um And it's not clear yet, but it does look like there is at least the potentiality that this will be narratively linked to the earlier series because the current Steve McGarrett um, is said to be returning to the islands to avenge his father's death, his father being also named Steve McGarrett. So who knows? It might actually be narratively linked to what went on before, which would be kind of cool, but even if that's not true... still has Grace Park in it, so that's always good. There Um, we go. (laughs) We also had a little bit of uh, comic news. Not only was uh, we had the release of the new Green Lantern uniform, but not only did that happen, I think one of the more exciting things about pictures that came out this week in, what was it, Entertainment Magazine or something like that, um, was images of other characters in Green Lantern, including the first... um, the image of Angela Bassett as Amanda Waller. And you may remember that Logan and I had a discussion earlier, a few months ago when she was cast, that she didn't exactly fit the physical type of Amanda Waller. Well, it appears, and it's only one little picture, but it certainly appears as if they've at least got the hairstyle right and they've at least toned her down so she doesn't look like the incredibly beautiful person that she is and instead looks like much like a you know a professional working woman and she does look like maybe a slightly thinner version of Waller than we're used to in comic books but she definitely is looking like the character basically looks in comic books so that's kind of cool. We also had the first images of Thor um in costume and his father as well. Uh so that's kind of cool and we have um, you may remember that last week or week before I said that Edward Norton was out as the Incredible Hulk um, it appears as though we might almost have a casting to announce instead a, a guy named Mark uh, Ruffalo and Mark Ruffalo has been in mm, well actually in the current film that's in release, uh, The Kids Are Alright uh, and he is a very serious actor so it's not like we're going from you know Edward Norton who is obviously a serious actor to somebody who's you know just sort of eye candy we're going from one serious actor to another so that's really good but apparently the good deal about him is that he's very easy to work with on set which Edward Norton is not necessarily so there we have some comic book news for you
3: Oh righty. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Who are they? Oh, Graham. Graham had news. Graham! Oh,
2: yes. I've got a ton load of news for you this week. First bit is, take this with a pinch of salt. Because the source is The Sun. Matt Smith to leave the series of Doctor Who at the end of season, or his second season.
1: Oh, please be true.
2: (laughs) Now... Mm -hmm. If this is true, then, you know, he's got to try and get out of a three-year contract for a start-off. So we can expect at least another year after that, because um, basically he's contracted two, three years. And so the, basically what would have to happen would be that the BBC would have to sack him. And so far, they've only ever done that with one doctor.
1: Wait, I don't think we know that, though, do we? We don't know for sure. No, don't, shooters, no, no. This, this is why I say...
2: This is why I said no. We do know he's contracted to three years, with an option to do six more. And that six
1: is, more? Where do, yes. where are you getting that from? I've never have heard that from any kind of official source
2: before. I got that from BBC website as it came out originally, and it's been repeated on several, well, several other blogging websites all over the place. So not like, six
5: in total, six more possibly. Blimey. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Because uh, the idea is they want him there to be as possibly as long as Baker was there, or Tom Baker, i on about, and not as long as Colin Baker was there. Uh, still won't be the shortest doctrine in history. That that's was the... a
3: lot shorter than everybody else, wasn't he? Oh, sorry. <laughs> no, <laughs> Mr
8: Beck.
3: <laughs> <laughs> oh, anyway, three
2: so That's <laughs> Charles. But. You know, like I say, this source is the sun and this is all majorly rumour. Now, because I haven't heard anything confirm uh or any confirmation from my next bit of news. The great Moff Tarkin, otherwise known as uh Stephen Moffat, is uh, uh I'm now doing the the Twitter thing, you know uh, sort of fact Well Lewis tried to point Lewis from the Pod Shop tried to point out that this could possibly not be the um the real Stephen Moffat, but uh, I only followed as I found out he was. And at the point that I found out, he had 849 followers. I was 850. He's now going up towards the tens of thousands. So he's on Twitter. If you want to follow him, he's at, at Steven, that's Stephen with a V, not P-H, underscore Moffat. Uh, or you can try looking him up at twitter.com backslash Stephen underscore Moffat. Uh, But he's there, he comes out with occasional little interest in things, and it's good because I managed to find uh, Mark Gattis uh, through him. And through Mark Gattis I managed to follow another guy, an ex-editor of the Doctor Who magazine, uh, Clayton Hickman. So that's pretty cool, because Clayton comes out with little things down again that are pretty interesting. So, next bit of news. Unfortunately, we had to say goodbye to Richard Shaw, who died at the age of 90. Uh, Toby Haydock, as always, has put a piece, little piece on his website as a tribute. Um, but Richard Shaw was in uh, Three Stories uh, Space Pirates? Of, oh, space, space Museum. Space Museum, not the Space Pirates. Space museum. Uh, museum. Where he played um, Five Points. Oh, of Lobus. Dave. <laughs> Five. Five Points minus. Uh, Played the role of Lobos, the Morric governor of Zeros. He was also in the John Pertwee story Frontier in Space, where he played Cross, leader of the section of prisoners in the Lunar Penal Colony. And his final role was in the 1978 story of Underworld, where he played Luck or Laka uh, on uh, Asia, on the planet, which. Uh, co- Round, round about the time around uh, P7E. So he was also known for playing uh, in 1959 version of Mass in the Pit and yeah. appeared in things uh, such as uh, Crossroads which is classic um, ITV um, soap opera type things where uh, Ronald Allen who uh, appeared in The Dominators which least this week on DVD The Dominators you know second Doctor story um also played Longwind and he was in things like Dixon. and Green and Carry On and Don't Lose Your Head. You know, uh, what about the sixth, or Henry the VIII? Uh, so, last bit is not Doctor Who related at all. It's Flash Gordon. Brent, or Breck Eisner, repeats that his film, that this film, will be nothing like the ill-fated but hilarious syphilis, I mean, sorry, sy. Sci- which now looks like syphilis uh, series um, he has it be more like uh, Avatar what does it mean? blue people turning up all over the place? I don't know uh, it's the Run War BSG which uh, helped out with the early stage and he says it'll be a franchise for sure it'll be a standalone story it definitely won't be left open for more but the ultimate goal is to turn it into a franchise it will be a origin stories from Flash He's going to Mongo, hmm, Mongo or Mongolite, we don't know. He's going to save the planet, and it will be a, will have a superhero buy-in, and it will be unique. It's very much a superhero origin story. And sorry, that's my best impressionation of crying. First of all. Mm-hmm. But all the years I've got for you now, uh, that Flash score and things looking a bit interesting, Uh, But it couldn't be anything worse than the Flash Gone series that hit sci-fi, which I'm currently trying to watch. I forced myself to watch uh, just out of uh, sheer interest uh, of idiosyncrasy alone on my sci-fi channel. It's still called over here in Germany.
3: All righty. I've got one little piece of news that I stumbled across, and that may be really old news, and people may point and laugh at me from here on out. Um, but it <laughs> un- is <this was laughs> <laughs> too unknown to me that um, that the movie Tintin um, has a new Tintin in the shape of uh, Jamie Bell. Um, Thomas Hangster is no longer going to be playing oh. Tintin. And for those of you who don't know who Jamie Bell is, he was in the movie uh, Billy Elliot. as Billy Elliot. So, yes. So that was interesting. I was looking up Thomas Sangster today because I found out that he voices uh, a cartoon that my son watches on the Disney channel, which we just got because I gave up smoking. (laughs) Phineas and Ferb.
1: Oh, really? Oh, yeah, that's right. He is all Phineas and Ferb. That's right.
3: Yeah, he's, he's Ferb.
1: That's right. Oh, you know what? Uh, I forgot one little thing. This is kind of funny, that uh, uh, how David Prowse, who of course, played the body of Darth Vader in the uh, three original films, is now no longer welcome at Lucasfilm-associated uh, conventions because he has annoyed George Lucas for the last damn time. There's a lot of friction between him and George Lucas, and Lucas has finally just said, you are no longer welcome at my events. Go away.
5: Which I think is what, did, what did he do? Did he, he is, say, did he he say he's Lucas? Blazzle. Did he say, Lucas, I am your father?
1: No, he's, he, he's always <laughs> claiming that, you know, things like, Lucas denied him the opportunity to be the voice of Darth Vader, that he actually had a chance <laughs> of, you know, being that voice. <laughs> oh, and especially that Lucas denied him the opportunity to be in Revenge of the Sith, which would have been clearly ridiculous. Um He's 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 just a piece of work who
3: deserves, at
1: seventy-five years old, to finally be divorced from the franchise. (laughs)
3: Um, uh, uh, George Lucas was quoted as saying I find your lack of respect disturbing (laughs) while doing the whole little finger thing (laughs) didn't quite work that way but he tried
5: (laughs) Uh, there was one other piece of news as well when you mentioned the 75 hasn't Leonard Nimoy who I think is now 75 himself as he's, he's just done his last acting role now uh, actually,
3: his last acting role, he what supposedly, was uh, the season finale of Fringe, if I'm right. not mistaken, which has already screened. Right. Yep. But apparently that was his last acting role. It was pretty good, too. I'm not going to say anything, because it's the season finale and some people might not right. have seen it, like Dave. <laughs> No, he's got some catching up to do. I keep watching all the shows you recommend, but anyway, I've we've building wa- really
5: delish. <laughs> I've watched the first That misfits one. Good boy. Have oh, you watched the second? No, it's a bit too crude for my liking, but uh, funny, <laughs> mind, funny. But uh, I kept the teacher in. Really the kept coming out thinking uh, detention. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you, you don't want to be their teacher. <laughs> you
7: wouldn't survive <laughs> to the end of the episode. I don't just
5: depict the teachers about seven foot tall to make them all look like kids.
7: Mm. <laughs> well, they're not kids, are they? They are teenagers. You can be tall and be a teenager.
3: All right, we're going to digress a yep. bit, seeing as we can hear that voice. Mm. Tim, news!
7: Yes, well, the BBC, and all their wisdom, of course, announced the cast of the Christmas special of Doctor Who... The day after our show last week, so several days late we can report Ooh. that
5: um, whoa, 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 whoa.
7: No, if this is just
5: sk- news, Dave. Alright, this Fair is enough. not well, a spoiler, this is just a cast, it's not Fair plot. enough. But people might want to just skip forward ten seconds if they don't want to know. Well,
7: if you don't want to know who's in the Christmas special, skip forward about thirty seconds because it's Catherine Jenkins and um, Michael Gambon so moving quickly on uh, the only other news is more character related than um, cast related and that's that uh, there's stories flying around America about uh, the new characters that will be in season 4 of Torchwood and um, kind of mixed feelings bubbling around online about what people think about these characters but uh, the link's in chat if people want to read on
3: I suppose it came up during your meeting with Samantha this weekend, huh?
7: Actually, no, we didn't talk Torch with much. Took mm. it took me. It literally took me all afternoon to eventually stumble into her in a group of cosplayers. I've always dreamed doing after, that.
8: It was a it
7: was a very strange day. And boy, I thought, oh, where can I meet cosplayers? I oh, will head to the main cosplay area on the um, convention floor, and I went there. And I met a friend who I follow on Twitter I'd never met before. And so I got talking with him. And then when I went near the signing area, really freakily, I met a friend who I've had on Second Life for a couple of years I've never met before in my life. And him and his wife, his wife goes, isn't that Tim over there? And he yells out, Tim. And I go, and he introduces himself. And I look at him for a couple of seconds. Oh, yes, I do know your face from Facebook, but... No, I'd, I'd almost given up hope and I was about to go home early, and then I suddenly looked up and there she was. But, uh, yeah. Well,
5: goodness, sir. I don't know Wait. how pe- you can recognize people from their Second Life avatars. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. i so fe- on, on, on Facebook as well. <laughs>
3: right. Hey. There'll be pictures, I take it later, of her and uh, her uh, other cosplaying outlets,
7: correct? I, I, I did put the link in chat earlier. I can put it in chat again. Okay. Uh, and there was. Um, One panel of interest to all of us here at um, London Film and Comic-Con yesterday afternoon, a Being Human panel, uh, which consisted of the three main cast members and uh, director Colin Tumbling-Teague, we have to say in honour of Radio Free Scarrow. Yay! And um, uh, also, after they'd completed uh, telling us a bit about Season 3... Uh, and I can tell you there was a blogger who'd clearly had set access, so I won't tell you the spoiler I was told. Because r- rather rather undiplomatically, she, she, during a question, announced something that was clearly spoiler, and I thought, don't do that. <laughs> we haven't seen one frame of this yet. But <laughs> um, they basically said they've completed filming on the first block, and it won't be transmitted until January 2011. And after their panel... Uh, completed. Colin Teague then proceeded to overrun because he hung on to the stage for another uh, 20 odd minutes and had a panel for a new online project he has called Resonance uh, which will be what they're calling a multi-platform interactive drama with uh, kind of thriller and science fiction aspects. Uh, They've got Aidan Turner starring in it and Charles Dance They showed us a seven-minute clip, and it's very hard to describe. (laughs) It's just very, very strange. The plot seems to sort of jump around, because Aidan Turner's character has this ability to sort of jump in uh, time and meet different characters at different times in the plot and stuff, but the writer seemed to have an enormous amount of confidence in it, and when asked by someone in the uh, audience whether it will be one of these things that builds up and builds up, and then the climax is a bit of an anti-climax. He said, oh, no, we've got a big climax, and it will blow your mind. All and I've right. now got to find the website for everybody. <laughs> there
3: we go. Alrighty, was that it?
5: Yep, that's Not that, it. that
3: wasn't enough, but, you know... <laughs> alrighty well that brings news to a close unless you have something there Dave
5: no, no fine. nope, fine
3: well it's your turn anyway because I'm going to go uh, get my son off the cell phone and <laughs> you're going to take people into the world of femme fatales who better to do it folks really <sighs>
5: Okay, thanks Ian for that. Um, Just to let me uh, recap to everybody Uh, first of all, if you want to call in, the phone number to call in is 724 444 7444. And uh if you're listening to this in a later recording, please try and join us on Sundays. We usually record at two PM Eastern Daylight time and it's Torture ID five four eight two one. And next Sunday, which as we record this, will be the twenty fifth of July next uh Sunday we're doing a series one of Matt Smith series one review uh, because the final episode the Big Bang will have aired the day before in the States and one or two other countries so that's just setting the scene our topic today is basically a follow-up to um, the one that we did uh, last week where we did top 10 sci-fi villains and just to redress the uh, the sexual balance uh, this is called Top 10 Femme Fatales. Now, it's really a little bit more open to interpretation, this one, because um, I haven't put the word sci-fi in, although in the description I did. But basically we're talking about very strong females who may have that sort of fatal attraction, may actually be evil, or may in fact lead the hero into... Uh, uh, dangerous ways. So I'm giving a very loose um, description to this. We're not going with any sort of wizard list uh, like last time. We're basically asking people to suggest uh, ones that they would recommend. Uh, I've got one link that suggests 25 women who shoot sci-fi that you may find one or two from that. And from the Den of Geek, uh, 10 top uh, Top, sorry, top 10 Strong Female Science Fiction Film Characters. Now, I have got quite a number of audio clips here, but n- not many of them actually are perhaps in a very narrow description of femme fatale, because some of them are actually what you consider to be good, strong characters. But I've included them here as femme fatales because they have that ability to... Um, uh, Manipulate uh, the men that uh, are in the series with them, so in that sense they are uh, fenphotils just in their uh, using their sexual power or attraction to get the fellows to do what they want. Now, I know Tim uh, has uh, got battery issues, so in a minute i 'm going to go to Tim, but to set the scene i 'm going to go way back to a couple of old black and white what I would consider femme fatales, but not strictly in the sense of being evil and the first one uh, I'm going to play is um, um, Barbara Stanwyck playing Mrs. Diedrichson in the black and white film uh, Double Indemnity
10: He'll be in then. Who? My husband. You were anxious to talk to him weren't you?
1: Yeah I was but uh, I'm sort of getting over the idea if you know what I mean
10: There's a speed limit in this state Mr. Neff Forty-five miles an hour.
1: How fast was I going, officer?
10: I'd say around 90.
1: Suppose you get down off your motorcycle and give me a ticket.
10: Suppose I let you off with a warning this time.
1: Suppose it doesn't take.
10: Suppose I have to whack you over the knuckles.
1: Suppose I bust out crying and put my head in your shoulder.
10: Suppose you try putting it on my husband's shoulder.
8: That tears it. Eight thirty tomorrow evening, then.
10: That's what I suggested. Will you be here too? I guess so, I usually am.
7: Same chair, same perfume, same anklet?
0: I wonder if I know what you mean.
10: I wonder if you wonder.
5: And of course in that story, Double Indemnity, um, the uh, the character is persuaded by uh, Mrs. Diedrich to... Uh, Help her, him help her get rid of her husband and collect on the insurance and a brilliant, brilliant film. I'm going to play the sec- uh, second one because these are the two ones that are sort of a, in, in a completely different league to perhaps what most people would consider and then I'll be hoping to go to Tim uh, if he's got any thoughts that he would like to bring forward. I'll mention on these two, but here we go. The second one is um, uh, Lauren Bacall playing Vivian Routledge in The Big Sleep uh, and that was alongside Humphrey Bogart.
10: Well, I like you. I told you that before. I like hearing you say it. And hmm. But you didn't do much about it. Well, neither did you. Well, speaking of courses, I like to play them myself. But I like to see them work out a little first. See if they're front runners or come from behind. Find out what their whole card is. What makes them run. Find out mine? I think so. Go ahead. I'd say you don't like to be rated. You like to get out in front, open up a lead, take a little breather in the back stretch, and then come home free. You don't like to be rated yourself. I haven't met anyone yet that could do it. Any suggestions? Well, I can't tell till I've seen you over a distance of ground. You've got a touch of class, but uh, I don't know how, how far you can go. A lot depends on who's in the saddle. Go ahead, Marlow. I like the way you work. In case you don't know it, you're doing all right. There's one thing I can't figure out. What makes me run? Uh-huh. I'll give you a little hint. Sugar won't work. It's been tried. Well, what'd you try it on me for? Who told you to sugar me off this case?
5: Okay, um... Mike, Ian will know, mute in a minute. He's just uh, gone to get some coffee, I think. Now, um, those are... Film noir, so I class them as cult TV or cult movies, and therefore under the auspices of uh, Femme Fatale. Now, um, Tim, I don't know whether you want to actually comment on either of those two or those types of Femme fatale, or whether you want to lead us out with uh, some of your own suggestions.
8: As I said
7: earlier this evening on Twitter, I have absolutely nothing I can think of to say on this subject.
5: <laughs> Are you sure?
7: Because I, I, really I was it. bringing,
5: it I'm <coughs> not,
7: I'm not, I'm not. I don't dislike this kind of movie, but but equally, I haven't seen any of them for a long while, so I don't really have anything to call upon in my memory.
5: I certainly think of that. But what what what, what would you consider the femme fatale? I mean, would you say that it necessarily has to be an evil character? Uh, you know, uh, the villain of the piece or basically somebody who gets a Maybe man to do a dirty work by. I think uh, the uh, latter, uh,
7: they'd definitely be the sort of manipulative characters. They were sort of liberated women before lib, women's lib came along, I guess, is a, a, a shorthand for it.
5: Right. Okay. Um, and I'll just uh, say to to uh, Mike and then Rowan, I'll be going to them next, Um uh, no, none spring to mind, none of the more modern ones in in, in either science fiction TV series or um, any of the uh, the films that you've seen that that spring to mind?
7: Sadly, no. <laughs>
5: okay. Uh, uh, to be fair to Tim, I did jump on him early, but I, I was aware that he was worried that his, uh, his, uh, his PC might pack in and he might drop off. Uh, just put in text if you want to come back in and and make a comment then. So I'm going to go to Mike, and then Rowan. Mike?
9: Well, on that one point that you were asking about was, if does the femme fatale character need to be evil, my my response would be, no, that's not a requirement. It could be, you know, a a good character just being devious to bend characters to go a certain way. So, you know, that's my response to to that whole question you were posing. And, yeah. I'm I'm I haven't actually thought of that many characters to pose as a, as, a, as examples for this Uh, again, the 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 only thing that the first character that comes to my mind is a character from well, the 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 anime and manga series Full Metal Alchemist, the the Homunculus known as Lust, which the name alone, (laughs) yeah, especially in the first Full Metal Alchemist anime series, she was a much more important character in that story, and she was definitely a femme fatale. (laughs) I'll say no more because spoilers are therein.
5: All but right. I'm still trying to think of some, so... OK, Mike, uh, I'll go to... And just to Tim, uh, I haven't been checking Twitter earlier, obviously, because i was been watching the final day of the golf, and there is a femme fatale. It's called St Andrew's Golf Course. Very fun. <laughs> hmm. Well, that and the Scottish weather. <laughs> it was, They had was, two yeah. miles
7: per hour winds this week, didn't they, Dave? They had to actually call off play for a while,
2: and <laughs> it, it was it quite...
7: Was. Listening to the news because they got talking to the locals and they were going, "Tis just a breeze."
2: <laughs> <laughs> we have a saying in Scotland: if you don't like the weather, wait five minutes. <laughs> True.
5: <laughs> okay, and and with that voice in the background, I'll come to you, Graham. After Rowan, okay, Do Rowan.
11: Call. Hi. Well, um, as for our friend the Hmm. Haven't really thought about this too much, but um I would say um Lois Lane from uh Superman. Right. Yes. Hey,
1: you're gonna uh, no, not yes. How are you gonna explain that? Come on. Lois Lane of Femme Fatale. please. How?
11: <laughs> well, I guess uh if you talk about the movies, um she really Feminine played... Wiles, you mean? What?
5: Using her feminine wiles. Yes. To get stories.
11: I think she used it more in the original series um, than she does in uh, the movies. Where, uh, once again, it's kind of like not feminine lib yet. And uh, she tried to play a strong character in the original series. And... um. I think she got away with a lot of stuff in that show. For those who have seen the original Superman. Um, you yeah, so know, I, I think it would be very interesting to see how that would relate to nowadays. I was thinking more along the line. You're,
1: you're still losing me here. I mean, there are two parts to this phrase. There's femme and then there's fatale. I don't understand how Lois Lane is in any way fatal. To the I mean, just using your your charms to get a story—that's not being you know a femme fatale. It's being manipulative. But manipulation is not all there. You actually have to pose a physical threat to the people that you're ensnaring. She doesn't do that. She's never killed anybody directly.
11: No, no, that's true.
5: She's taken uh, Clark Kent, our Superman, into dangerous situations to actually save her. But I think that's probably stretching the analogy somewhat. Yeah.
11: Oh, okay. <laughs> a- any other any
5: other ones you'd want to bring out? I- and I realise that um, this is such a, an undefined topic by me, and that's probably uh, my bad. Um, and I'll I see what, let me give you a chance to come back in, because... Uh, in text, Darth has already said he's got quite a lot, uh, but I'm going to go to uh, Graham as we said next, yeah, and I then on to well. Darth. Okay. okay, right. So we'll go to Graham, then Darth, then back to Ian. Okay, See Graham.
2: So, um, well, here's Cost who's come into the chat. There has actually put the uh, the fact in that, of course, in Superman Two. Superman actually gives up his uh, superpowers for Lois Lane um, for a while, uh, and in that she makes him actually um, defenceless, which means he could die through just quite simple normal means. But um, under the, the sort of the moniker of Femme Fatale, and done it a little bit more dif- uh, differently. Um, I understand for me, it's more the case of uh, an attractive female who. Um, He's not necessarily evil in any sort of way. He doesn't have to be evil, but can get you in trouble um, in in some sort of way or put you in a harmed way. That's why um, one I have got is evil as such and the other one uh, is uh, quite the opposite. Um, but the character that uh, helps along in the film basically has to go through a whole bunch of trouble uh, just to get it to where she has to get to go. And I'm talking about Lee Lu from The Fifth Element, um, or Fifth Elephant, depending on which way you're looking at it, um, whether you like this film or not. Um, she's very much uh, sort of femme fatale, as an interactive, but uh, the character of Corbin Dallas gets in a whole bunch of trouble because he realises she's The Fifth Element and has to... Uh, through a whole bunch of danger uh, to get to where she needs to go that's my first one the other one as a femme fatale who uses her feminine wiles uh, to get around things even though um she's actually in charge and somebody that was mentioned last week and make dave extremely happy is Servalan. oh uh, good lad seven um her being using she does even though she is the Basically, the commander-in-chief. Towards the let- latter um, series uh, of Blake Seven, where she's basically uh, fallen from power, uh, she uses her fem- femininely wiles and her, um, well, say, evil ways to dr- basically get what she wants. Um, even even before she's fallen from power, uh, there's the the thing between herself and I keep forgetting what she's called. Her. Um, her Her first officer with the eye patch is a really evil one. I keep forgetting what she's called.
5: um, Travis. Travis. Travis,
2: Travis, well done. Yeah, Travis. So, you know, there's Travis. And playing Travis uh, off against an officer that had been around whilst he'd been away, um, basically looking at psychiatrists and such forth. Um, But she uses that, playing off against uh, the way she tries to... Wickle um Avon around her her little finger, but fails completely uh, in the end uh more to have been the case that avon's more uh evilly complex character even 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 though the the actor himself is probably not known for being anything more than a uh, a ham actor really uh, in the role, but you know those, those are some sort of, sort of my ideas, and you can think maybe a little sideways you've got things like um Oh yeah looking through uh angel, you've got Faith. uh it comes in an angel um you know angel and buffy um well, also, I got you know, jasmine in that as well jasmine, and then you you got other sides uh looking at any of the uh the female vampires that are in that as well uh I can't remember what her name was Trusilla. Uh, no, I'm thinking blonde hair I had a think uh, uh, that... Darla. Dala Dala is very much a a prime example of being uh, femme fatale. Uh, She could be very fatal, in fact, if you're not careful. But on the side, using it with the broader brush, you could also bring in things uh, like the complete series of Xena, Warrior Princess, um, because they're all over the place. It doesn't matter where you look. Xena herself, her her friends, who I keep forgetting now, I've got total crush on. uh, The blonde one again. One
5: again, <laughs> yeah. <like> <laughs>
2: or, uh, or where Will, in fact, going back to Buffy as well. Uh, Willow. Willow Whoa. turns. Oh. Yeah. Why? Because she goes bad, and you can literally go by the the basic, the, the real base um, description there.
5: Well, you have uh, got Ian
2: on that one. Yeah, because uh, Willow. It doesn't matter if she's you know playing the good or the bad side. I, you know, I like her anyway. She's got that cute factor going for me, uh, even though she needs a little bit to eat. Uh, Never. <sighs> well, while
5: you just think of anything more tomorrow, I've got a clip of Xena, so yep. it seems an appropriate one to play. It's just a little clip.
8: In a time of ancient gods, warriors and kings, a land of turmoil cried out for a hero.
5: very really good quality on that one. <laughs>
7: in more ways than one.
5: <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, now, no, behave. you get an angel oh, list for the outfit uh, alone?
7: No, I, I do speak from authority of having watched both Hercules and Zena, and they were... It's good wallpaper television, but it's not the most intelligent thing on the planet.
2: It's not supposed to be. You're supposed to put your brain in neutral as far as a man goes. Mm. Um, guess,
7: guess I've been spoiled by the BBC over the years. <laughs>
2: but I mean, there's there's a few other I've got here for you. Well, um, Catwoman uh, from me. the from the uh, Batman universe. Um, it, it depends on which way you're looking at it. Um, there's the obviously the the Michelle Pfeiffer uh, version of yeah. it, uh, which is definitely sort of femme fatale. Another sort of I think Ian will agree with me: another woman that needs something to eat. Um, <laughs> I mean she even went really skinny for that cat suit she's wearing in there um but so the way the role she's playing there that's very sort of femme fatale, you know uh as as the um I'm trying to find I can't remember what the character's name was was Poison uh, Ivy like that as well Poison Ivy was very much the same um, even though the fil- oh, that film was awful I mean, I was looking so forward to that. I was really, really, you know, I was just throwing some getting towards my divorce then, and I saw that, and that was absolutely god-awful. Uh, but um, sort of <laughs> that's a sidetrack. So, I mean, yeah, otherwise, you've got Catwoman. So, well, in we, fact,
1: just to throw out, Catwoman is, is definitely an example, and, you know, her nickname is actually the Feline Fatale.
2: Mm-hmm. Like, in-universe,
1: in, in universe, that's what people call her. So, yeah.
2: Exactly. And not, not so much the uh, Halle Berry version, uh, which was nice to look at as long as you watched about the Don't sound. did not mention didn't, the
3: Halle Berry version.
2: Uh, as long as you did try to follow things like plot and um, dialogue and uh, anything. Direction. But, uh, yeah. Directional music or basically anything. You tried to follow anything more than basically Harry Berry in the costume. You were basically in for a loss. So, moving <laughs> on... Uh, comic wise still before I forget we move on to X-Men where we have Mystique now Mystique uh, may not be anything to look at as she's in her standard form in her blue spiky sort of uh, skin self oh,
3: no, I, I, I <laughs> dig a chick I dig a chick uh, I dig a blue yeah. chick with red hair sorry <laughs> he likes
5: Yanto Chanto he does he likes them all
2: yeah. but, more
3: alien the better
2: I uh, that she went- <laughs>
5: Oops. Excuse me. We've lost <laughs> After have a drink. a quick no. drag on a peg.
2: <laughs> <laughs> but um, you have, um, yeah, basically Mystique, uh, especially when she changes into one of the other forms. Uh, but also there's this sort of the thing of uh, Jean Grey stroke Phoenix character. Um, because uh, as Jean Grey, she's, she's very much the femme. But she doesn't become the fatale if we're going to go and really take this by the the, the base description. Uh, she becomes basically the fatale. As she turns into Phoenix. Uh, um, it starts. Yeah, that you could really o- open a real full bag of worms with that one. Um, so, and to end my run here, to give somebody else a chance, uh, Darth and Ian, uh, but I'll probably take one out of your bags here. Um, Trisha Helfer's character in Battlestar De Galactica, for me, absolutely, in that red dress is the ultimate femme fatale, number six. And I don't mean you, Ian. And I don't Ooh. want to see you in any red dresses either. <laughs> oh, do I take off for Friday then? Second Life i go blind. In Second Life, it's fine, but in person, I think I'd probably go blind. Um, Thanks very (laughs) much. I'm sorry. I I like women. Uh,
3: (laughs) That's why I was wearing a red dress. Sorry.
2: (laughs) But number
3: six, I
2: mean, she's really... um, There she plays it to... to The taking Balthazar um, really to, to sort of the lengths of despair and despondency um and really giving him hope where there was none um it's an absolutely brilliant job that's probably for me uh apart from maybe you know uh Oh, what's her name? Now I'm having a real brain fart day again. <laughs> Going back up my list, I've got it written down anyway. I wouldn't call her femme fatale, but uh, she's definitely a sort of, uh, sort of tomboy out there. Um, Katie Sackhoff's Starbuck. But uh, they were the, the two reasons I was watching uh, BSG at all. Uh, as the plot started to fail, it was the only two reasons I was really watching it. And then you got, uh, well, talking of Xeno, Warrior Princess. Of course, she came in later as one of the uh, one of the six as well into BSG. Um, So, I'll leave the room open for a major discussion between Ian and Darth. Yeah,
5: I'm sure we'll come around, but we'll go to Darth next. Thanks.
1: It's actually, I I know that this uh, topic isn't strictly limited to science fiction and fantasy, but it is somewhat difficult, um, since we tend to focus Mm. on those subjects, to actually find that many examples of regular characters in science fiction and fantasy who are femme fatales because most science fiction is, and fantasy for that matter is, you know, sexist and sex less, um, which is to say that most villains tend to be male and most heroes tend to be denuded of any real sexuality. Um, so therefore the charms of a, a femme fatale wouldn't work in a lot of situations. Nevertheless, you can find examples and, um, you know, it's really hard and challenging and kind of fun to look within the big franchises, for example. So l- l- let's look inside of Star Trek. And there, um, what you find is femme fatales not really existing whatsoever within the regular Star Trek universe, but in abundance in the mirror-mirror universe. Um, you have... The original one, whose name I've forgotten, uh, I think it's Elena or something like that, in the first Mirror Mirror episode in the original series, um, the captain's woman, she she clearly is FM femme fidel um, and is trying to pull strings from behind. And then the most obvious and glorious example probably is the intendant, who is the um, Kira Narice double in the parallel universe. Yeah, she's, you know, full-on whips and chains and absolutely on top of everything, I mean, <laughs> oozing sexuality. Um, and then you have, even in Enterprise, you have the delight Ooh, yeah. Hoshi Sato, um, yeah. who is such a femme fatale, she turns out to be emperor of the whole damn thing. Um, so uh, there are examples within Star Trek, but they don't exist really within the regular Star Trek universe so much. Um and then, you know, Doctor Who, there aren't that many examples, but I think you would have to say River Song is one. Um, she might be for the good, generally, uh, and we haven't necessarily seen her exactly kill people, but you certainly... You know need,
3: she's capable.
1: You absolutely know that she is. I mean, she wouldn't be in prison. I mean, right. it, it, we hear that she's killed someone, so whether that charge is true or not, the fact that she's in prison suggests that it could be true.
2: Um he and, I like to beg for
1: mercy,
5: eh? Well, she killed the darling, yeah. yeah. Without compunction.
1: And, you know, if we had gotten more out of Christina D'Souza, probably she would have been, at least on the level of, like, sort of, you know, cat I mean, she's a cat burglar. Maybe she would have killed someone at some point. Um, and... So and the one with the Cyberman
5: two. one, the uh, the the woman you know, with the Cyber King. The woman with the cyber. Well, hmm, I suppose I don't think I. I wonder. I'm she she lured it. the she lured the men to the uh, graveyard, didn't she? And then that's had true. them.
1: That's true. Yeah, that's very true. Um, I mean, it's not that she did so through sexual means. She did it through sort of. Monetary and financial I mean she, she had she them by default. Them, yeah. She outmaneuvered yeah. him, yeah. Um but yes, yeah, I guess so. Um, she certainly did it for gender equality reasons, so yeah, okay. Um and then you know, you've got uh, like Indiana Jones. Um you you got doctor what the hell's her name? Elsa in the third movie, the the Nazi woman who pretends at first to be just an archaeologist and then turns out to be actually working for the Nazis. Um, What's her name? Elsa something or other. Schneider? Schneider, Uh, Schneider, I think it is. So, she's, you know, as you would expect in a movie that is based upon, you know, 1940s film noir anyway. Um, She's quite clearly a femme patale. And, you know, in other Lucas stuff, you have in video games, you've got, you know, Grim Fandango, um, which is nothing but a collection of, you know, tropes. And one of the characters in there, uh, Olivia Afrenda, is, uh, who who sort of is the, um, kind of girlfriend of Grim Fandango, kind of, sort of. Um, she certainly turns out to be a, um, Famfetile, as does in Max Payne. You got Mona Sachs there, um, and you know Max Payne is just a straight derivative of you know Humphrey Bogart films and '40s film noir. So naturally, there is a character there. So that's kind of easy to find. Any time that you find something which is based upon you know film noir, there's got to be a Fatale there. I mean, even in like Holodeck episodes of Star Trek: Next Generation, you have people who are sort of kind of lurking around, vamping as if they could potentially be a femme fatale. Like when Whoopi Goldberg goes in there, she doesn't actually end up killing somebody, but you know that that's sort of the role that she's going to kind of hit on. Um, And then certainly, uh, you know, I would would definitely agree with Graham that six is probably – you know, from Battlestar Galactica is probably the best modern example from science fiction. She's so clear. I mean, you know, she, how many millions of people does she kill? Uh, Billions really. Uh, since she is largely responsible for the nuclear explosion that starts the series. So she's very clearly up there. Um, you also have, you know, Batman tends to attract a lot. We've talked about Catwoman. We've talked about poison Ivy. Um, I think you could also definitely include in there Harley Quinn, not necessarily, kind of, sort of, from... I mean, she, uh, of course, started in the animated series and then moved to comics, but it's really only in the comics that she gets more of the... Well, not entirely only in the comics, but certainly in the comics she gets more sexuality. And and In fact, she gets the nickname the Fun Fatale. Um, And then... (laughs) The most rounded femme fatale is um, Talia al Ghul, who, you know, is always lurking there in the background. To, you know, in part because she loves Bruce Wayne, in part because Bruce Wayne is her father's greatest enemy. So you never quite know where she's going to go, but she clearly has the potential to do something. Um, then, uh. No, Um, if you're looking for femme fatales who are are, uh, on the other side, I mean, that is to say good femme fatales, then probably the best example from comic books is the character from The Outsiders, which is a DC Comics superhero group um, that's related to Batman. And there's a character there called um, Looker, who has a number of different... um, Powers, but one of them is sort of telekinesis, and so she can kind of uh, and telepathy, and so she can kind of ensnare people, make them believe that they are in love with her, and and then you know she can spring her trap. Um, and then you clearly have, I mean, Bond films are, are, you know, you couldn't have a Bond girl without having a femme fatale. Almost, I mean, the vast majority of them are in some way. You know, not exactly on the level with Bond any more than he is with them, so um you know pussy galore pretty much fits the the mold and then everybody who follows her yeah um, and uh i don't know um y- you can you can find it it doesn't have to be necessarily human um so like you can even find it in like the Lion King. Um, you know, there's that Shinzi in The Lion King, who's uh, a hyena, who's, you know, sort of the the kid female hyena, and she clearly possesses the threat to kill other hyenas, but she doesn't because she is able to manipulate them with words. Um, so she's, she's almost, in effect, the, I don't know, the alpha female of that pack, so she's... Definitely somebody that you could go to if you're looking for non-human examples. Um, I don't know. Uh, I mean, s- s-
5: some of these as well. They're almost um, so much not so much femme fatales as almost honey traps. I mean, like the the summer cloud character in uh, in uh, Fly- Firefly. You know, she's sort of uh, she looks completely innocent and uh, defenseless, but obviously, you know. say the key word, and uh, she's absolutely devastating. Well, I suppose, but see,
1: to me, that doesn't come anywhere close, because there is, to me, at least in viewing that character, there's no implied sexuality. And femme fatale, to me, definitely has to have the element of ensnarement, entrapment through sexuality. It's not enough to just be female. You've got to be using your sexual allure as a female in order to trap and then kill other people. And, of course, those other people don't necessarily have to be male, though they are most of the time. Yeah, But, you know, as with the character of the intended, obviously some of her victims were female.
5: Well, well, as Cosmea says in text, thank you, uh, not sure some ever used as sexuality to lure someone to their fate, but um, some, simply some of them are just by being there have that sexual allure. Whether they actually um, milk it or not is a different matter. But
1: yeah. Uh, oh but he's also brought up a very good Mrs. Reynolds, obviously. Duh. Yeah. Uh, yeah. She she in Firefly as well. She's clearly the the of that um, group of that of that franchise. Um yeah, the con artist who con Malcolm into marrying her, um and then was always trying to kill her and then she came back later and yeah. She, she was clearly a femme fatale.
5: Good, good catch. But there we go.
1: I'll, I'll leave it there. I'm sure Ian's got tons to add in.
5: Right, uh, and we've got Ian and then Charlie P, and then I'll just check if there's anybody else who hasn't spoken, and then we'll give the early ones another chance, now they've had a chance to think, and then I'll play another clip. Well, uh, actually, before we go to uh, Ian, let me play um, another clip, and let's see, uh, let's
0: pick one... What about, would we class Ripley as one? Here we go. I think what attracted me to Ellen Ripley was that she, first of all, was a character that was written as a man. So uh, it was written in a very straightforward way. This was a kind of direct person who didn't have these scenes where she was suddenly vulnerable and she didn't, you know, throw her hands up and, and wait for someone else to save her. She was a thinking, moving, deciding creature and... Um, I think that's the other thing that interested me was that she she went from someone who sort of believed that the world was a certain way to someone who couldn't believe in anything anymore um, and went from someone who's sort of a thinking person to someone who's kind of an instinctive animal. So there were lots of progressions in, in the character that I that I just thought would be very interesting to play. Well, there is a certain amount of sexism in the film. The guys have pinups everywhere and... and, and being a, a woman officer, I get a certain amount of guff from the guys. Um, and I think that that is, it's a very important element to show the workplace as a real place. I think all the alien movies do that, actually. Um, uh, they're not up in the clouds science fiction. They're not cerebral. They're very kind of down-and-dirty and about survival and, and really about who people are. You find out who people are very quickly when you all have to face a common enemy. And, um, and it's true that, that, you know, Ripley um, didn't react to a lot of these, this sexism. Whatever. She kept her cool, and I think that was something that was, that was uh, good for women to see. You know, that she, she didn't depend on anyone else. She didn't whine. She didn't complain. She just did her job, and, um, and in doing so also tried to Save other people,
5: right? So the in the text the uh, the decision seems to be that she's not. So she's perhaps maybe just a strong female character, maybe that's underestimated, and that under the fact that people underestimate a male, allow her to come out on top. But um, let's go with uh, Ian, and then we've got Charlie.
3: Alrighty. Um, probably one of the top on on my list would be uh, Emma Peel from the Avengers. Oh yeah. Yes, I mean. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I mean, I don't think you could ever really deny that you know she isn't. I mean, she she she's a very very strong female character, um, and she definitely uses her uh, feminine abilities to uh, to uh, to her advantage. The other one isn't bad. She's just drawn that way. Jessica Rabbit.
8: <laughs>
3: <laughs> I didn't say they were all good. <laughs> Uh, bringing up James Bond of course, um what Darth was mentioning, um one of my favourites is uh Zenya on the top from GoldenEye. Perfect example. Perfect. And who wouldn't want to go out that way?
2: <laughs> uh, bad joke as well. The one of the I seriously, they bring it back and then the one of the biggest battles baddest jokes I've ever heard in my entire life and it's right in front of your face the whole
3: time <laughs> on <a> top
2: <laughs> on the <a> top
3: <laughs> <laughs> and speaking of James Bond actually one of the, the and a more serious no, one of the I think the the best examples and the, one of the cleverest ones in a James Bond film is Electra King from The World Is Not Enough played by Sophie Marceau uh that one, just, it kind of comes out at you yeah, from, from left field. I mean, you know, here you are thinking, you know, well, she's, this poor girl, she's lost her father, and, you know, she was uh, held captive and everything. You end up, basically, that she's willing and, and if anything, has, uh, has, oh, what's his name now? Um, it'll come to me. It'll come to me. No, uh, sure. Renard, uh, she has Renard basically twisted round her little finger, um, and, and he's actually, you know, fawning over her every word and, and doing her, um, you know, answering to her beck and call, uh, which I think is just, was a nice, nice spin, because we're so used to, I mean, there's so few examples in James Bond, but there are more than, than, than most movies of, as, uh, these strong female villains, uh, this one, I think, it pulls up really successfully. And, of course, Zenya on the top is just pure fun. And Pamka Jensen is just gorgeous.
2: That's <laughs> so kind of funny, because she also played uh, Jean Grey stroke Phoenix in the X-Men mm-hmm. films as well. well.
3: Exactly, yes. And, of course, as, as you so uh, rightly put it, um, a Catwoman. Um, played by Michelle Pfeiffer, and, and plus Catwoman in in the uh, the, uh, the TV series as well. I always thought it was rather good. She always had her her ways of bending men to her will. And that's all I've got for the moment.
5: Okay, let me uh, play another one, and then we'll go to Charlie. Let's uh, think of another one again. Oh, I'll play this for you, Ian, because whether she's in this or not, you'll want to hear it. He'd like that one anyway. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's uh, see what Charlie has to say.
4: Alright, um, I have just, you know, I have it's a quick list, but it's a list. Uh, the first one I went with, I just, I saw that um, I put down Dracula's Daughter. It was the the, the last um, original, it was like when the first run when Universal did their horror movies, this was the last one made, and it was, you know, a sequel to Dracula, and very interesting I don't know, say you know, it's basically you know, I do say it's, like it's 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 exactly a female version of Dracula, but you know, she has her own um, she, she she likes she likes i was I'll just say she like she likes both genders when it comes to feasting on uh for uh, drinking her blo drinking blood. Uh see so, yeah, I got I I just put you know, for um I have a couple of film war movies, you know, um Postman always rings twice Lana Turner in that uh this um movie called Gun Crazy with uh an actress that uh uh Peggy Cummins who was in uh one of the day Sphere movies uh, Night of the Demon. Was um, that
5: Lana Turner also in Body Heat. That was another one wasn't it?
4: No 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 that's um
5: Kathleen right. Turner Kathleen Yeah, Turner. Kathleen
4: Turner. Right, right. And yeah, I just um uh Jane Greer uh from out of the past and um uh Gene Turney in uh Leave Her to Heaven just various sort sort of Gene
5: Turney, she's marvelous.
4: <laughs> yeah, she's it's very very sort of chilling Special. performance. Yes. Um yeah, that's about it. I'll just you know I have I have for my list
5: Okay, well, while we uh, give uh, the chance to go back round the room again with, with Tim, Mike and Rowan, let me play another one of the ones. Now, whether this one should be in, I don't know, but uh, here it is. It's Lady Penelope. It's not a very good clip, but still. Hello,
10: Parker.
4: Are you awake? It appears we have visitors.
8: Uh, uh, yes, belady. <laughs>
4: so I can see
0: it's uh, their old friend Beloy. I see. Parker, they're going to take my jewels. Uh, that would seem to be the intention, belady. Parker, we <laughs> must stop them before it's too late. I'm afraid we might already be too late. They've probably got a car standing by. Well, it appears we have no choice in the matter. I was just thinking the same thing, my lady. right, I'll be happy to jiffy with the
11: hardware. Right. Go to it, Parker.
10: Okay. Let's
8: beat it.
5: And I put that in for a bit of fun, but there's also quite a few (laughs) others, isn't there, Um, uh, from uh, cartoons. uh, I don't include... I think, were, were they on that page that I gave with the was it aquamarina or somebody or um where's no, the not, others just on
2: that page dave uh let's have a look oh, it's gone blast lost my page dave <laughs> uh, uh 25 yeah yeah got um, it again so i mean on that page fa- i mean i'll read them out for you if you want um it starts with ellen ripley uh, moving on to Buffy Summers. I mean, Ellen Ripley, uh, I'm not so sure you could call her femme fatale uh, apart from in the third um, alien film. Uh, she's basically just, the only thing she's fatal to is the alien itself in some sort of weird way. They only gets her back. Then number two is Buffy Summers. Three is Starbuck, played by Katie Sackoff. Then, I don't know why they call her femme fatale. I mean, very attractive in that, but uh, Dana Scully... Uh, makes no sense to me why it's on the list but uh, the list is women who sci-fi anyway then you've got Sarah Connor uh, played by Linda Hamilton who's definitely yeah you could put her on that list um, because she basically turns from being this uh, wet wet fish to being this uh, real um, f- proper um, fighting woman who's just to protect her sons and let anything get in the way Princess Leia Origana or basically yeah uh number seven, Rose Tyler then you've got Sam Carter from s g one Ahura from Star Trek i don't well this is this is not forgetting this is women who shook sci-fi uh then you've got mine that I put in earlier, which is lelu, which is uh, from the Fifth element uh Claire Bennett from Heroes, Storm from the X-Men. Uh from Blade Runner Priest played by Daryl Hannah. Uh fourteen is Catwoman, played by Michelle Pfeiffer. Fifteen Barbarella, played by Jane Fonda. Uh Captain Catherine Janeway from Star Trek Voyager. Then uh Michaela Baines from Transformers. Susan Ivanova from Babylon Five. Uh number six from BSG. Sarah Jane Smith, no need to say about that one. Willow Rosenberg, another one that's pretty obvious. Wonder Woman, another obvious one. Tina, another obvious one. Ah, Sydney Bristow from Alias. Now, there's an interesting one we haven't actually said, but you're right, Dave. The very last one is Marina from Stingray. But uh, Sydney Bristow from Alias. Now, there's, I'd say she's a femme fatale. Basically, uh, that's what she's supposed to be. Right uh, well, She's what, what, a special well, see. Well one more of those that you
5: listed there I've got a clip for And that's Barbarella yeah. So I'll, I'll play yeah. that now
8: Meet the most beautiful creature of the future
1: Her name is Barbarella And she makes science fiction Something else Jane Fonda is Barbarella Barbarella
8: is a five-star, double-rated, astro Earth girl whose
1: specialty is... Love. Shall I tell you what I would like? I think I know. See Barbarella do her thing in the wild excessive machine.
8: Sort of nice, isn't it?
1: Barbarella. Barbarella. Oh,
2: Okay. But, but Dave, can I, yeah. can I at this point add one that I've uh, just reminded myself by looking up a few things on the net? Um, it doesn't seem to matter where she's in, uh, but the Chinese actress Ling Bai. Um, first of all, uh more obvious one is Southland Tales, where she plays uh, Serpentine, uh, who is um, basically... Uh, one of the arms of the, uh, well, basically the bad guys in that. But she also plays the head of a uh, Yakuza um, bunch in the French film uh, Taxi 2. Um, I mean, you'll probably have heard of the um, the, the copy that came across uh, that was done uh, using Queen Latifah, which was New York Taxi as it was called over here, but Taxi in the United States, which was a copy of a French um, comedy um, film. Um, well, it's now a quadrilogy. Uh, but in the second film, uh, she's the basically the head of a Yakuza um, gang and very much the femme fatale. She um, w- wiggles... She basically gets the the police commissioner uh, around her small pinky without, well, with very little problems whatsoever. But the guy is uh, such an idiot on sort of the levels of uh, the Pink Panther, I forgot what the character's called, Uh, Inspector Clouseau sort of level of idiot. uh, That if anything actually happens, that's, yeah, for the guy, that is just, like, basically sheer luck uh, but she wickles uh, basically pickles that's the germ word but she basically twists him around her little finger so I say uh, Ling Bai Mm -hmm. in quite a lot of the films she's actually ever been in uh, Mm -hmm. which is a very good example
3: Um, I've I've got a a, a few that I've been reminded of by surfing the internet of course Um, Princess Aura from uh, Flash perfect example oh yes 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 Yes. Um, and from Austin Powers, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention a lot of vagina. <laughs> and i know quite a hump a lot. Quite <laughs> <laughs> a hump a lot, yeah.
2: <laughs> Sorry, had to go
3: there. Had to go there. <laughs>
2: It would be so bad, but those trans- when they're translated into German, it means I've got two films to watch. I can watch it in German or English. The translation <laughs> of the words, and you get a completely different translation, but they're just as funny. Humpelot uh, <laughs> in German is a uh, netter halberstunde, a nice half hour. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> excuse me. What's your name? Oh, I, find it <laughs> I want to highlight out a solid gold, but it's not on the cards, isn't it, baby? <laughs> <laughs> also,
3: um, uh, Breathless Mahoney, from Dick Tra- the Dick Tracy film.
2: Oh, good one. Ah, very good. And uh, the funny thing is, you brought up, uh, when you were
3: running off your list previously and you said Catherine Janeway, I was like, really? But then I remembered something. Hmm. Queen Arachnia. <laughs> From the Adventures of Captain Proton. <laughs>
2: yeah. But uh, I was yeah. thinking on that as well. But we've got the same Fatale, even though, well, she's attractive but she's unattractive. Uh, how about the Borg Queen?
3: Yeah. No, she definitely seduces uh, data. Yeah. yeah. For 1.83 seconds or something like that.
5: <laughs> uh, can I just check a minute? Uh, Tim, are you still on with us?
3: I am at the moment.
5: Uh, how are you half a time? Do you want to. Have I have absolutely anything? no idea. As I said, Would you this, want... this
7: machine has been turning itself off after about an hour and 45 minutes.
5: Well, is there anything that occurs to you now to get it in before you may drift off?
7: Other than to say I agree with a lot of people's suggestions, but beyond that, I haven't really got anything to add.
2: Okay, <laughs> let's try and yeah. do that. But uh, I was going to say, if you want to look for femme fatales, watch Southland Tales. It's absolutely full of them. They're all over the place. Um, you've got Sherry O'Te, the comedian who plays uh, Zora Carmichael. Though she's more of not so much as a femme fatale as more of a sort of uh, uh, tomboy. Then you've got uh, Miranda um, Richardson playing uh, Nana Mae Frost. Very much an, uh, a femme fatale, uh, femme fatale who really gets her comeuppance uh, at the end. But Miranda Richardson, she plays that femme fatale in many films as well. Um, Sleepy Hollow is another example. Um, Ooh, and uh, uh, as an example, or, or uh, Queenie in Blackadder. thats a different sort of femme fatale. You know, sort of I just thought sort
5: of another one from Angel. Um, not um, f- when she's Fred, but when Fred turns into... Um, What's she called? A Laura or something? You know, when, you know you know, Fred in Angel? When uh, the, that other uh, alien uh, takes uh, over her body? That god?
2: Yes. God, it's been a while Anybody since know that. the name? Oh, uh, give it a second. I'll AMD it.
5: Right, well, as you we do that, Mike, do you want to come back in? Because you were one of the early ones that. Uh, has anything uh, piqued your interest? <laughs>
9: Well, I agree with a lot of the, uh, with a lot of the ones that I that that I've heard mentioned, and one source that I could go to to pick out a a, a really long list of characters would be you know uh, something that, as far as I know, I'm the only person here on the call who really knows anything about, and that's the Will of Time series, which is absolutely full of characters who would definitely qualify as femme fatales. The the, the way that the characters are. Organized, you've got this group of characters known as the Forsaken, who are basically the most evil characters in the series. They're the characters, a group of a group of characters from thousands of years ago in the First Age, who were devoted to the Dark to the to, to, to the Dark One so much so that they were sealed away with the Dark One at, at, at the end of that war when the world was broken. And there are several women among them, especially Landfear and Grendel, who are definitely femme fatales. Um, especially uh, it's it's like Landfear when she. When she comes back into the world, when she she escapes from the seal and encounters, you know, my character, my screen names namesake, Randolph Thor, uh, she's always described as being one of exquisite and perfect beauty, and she's trying to trying to get Randolph Thor to, to, to use the, the Horn of Valyr, which he's found recently, which is one of the key items in the quest, uh, in the overall quest of the story. That's one of the items that's crucial to the cycle of the dragon and how the battle is going to play out in the end of the series, but she's wanting to uh, get Rand to use all these items to declare himself as the savior for the world, only to get him to switch over to the Dark One to basically destroy the world, which you know is the exact opposite of Randolph Destiny. So you, you've got all these characters and Grendel, as I mentioned, another one. Of course, besides the obvious uh, reference to Beowulf, but that's not the character Grendel in this story. She is... Uh, sex is one of her... is something that, well... When in her palace, in her, the palace wherever she hides in the, in the world, she always has all these servants that she's woven compulsion upon, and yeah, there's a lot of that going on that she watches and all of that. She's a very odd and scary character. Well, she's one of the Forsaken, so it kind of goes without saying. But even beyond that, in the quote-unquote normal cast of characters, you've got this group of people who can channel the one power called the the, the Aes Sedai, which... At the point where the books take place, are all women, and there are different groups among them. Different ajas, which are devoted to different things. It's like one group is devoted to researching history, another is devoted to logic. But then there's one group, one aja that no one, that none of the Aes Sedai confirmed to exist, called the Black Aja, which is which serve the Dark One, and there are several among them which are really horrible because they're trying to become the the, the Forsaken for this age, and. Yeah, Fem Patel would definitely describe them. Alviaran, who tries to take over the, the entire order of the Aes Sedai, but falls short when Aleda, who's not Black Aja, but she's just extremely power crazy. She wants to, she wants to rule the world. Basically, she's not evil by any by that standard. She just she's just power power crazy, and uh, I wouldn't. She would be a Fem just not in the whole. Uh, lust uh, way, she's just going after power, and and all of that, and trying to take over the, all the nations of the world through strength. And you've just got all these characters like Leandrin, and well, I would say one character, but it's a spoiler for the current, the, the latest book so I won't mention. Right. But yeah, there's the, the Will of Time. Just has so many characters that would fall into this category, and it would be it, it would be hours of discussion if I went on. So I'll just leave it there.
5: Okay, Mike, but thanks for that. Uh, Yes, Alelia, that was the name um, for the. But as um, Kosh Ah. Mayer, I wish you'd come in on audio because you've had some great contributions to the show. Perhaps next time you will do. Um, Mentions um, uh, from uh, Sharon Stone, character from Basic Instinct, which I I would consider uh, a cult, I suppose, in a way. And she's certainly manipulative. Um, And what's the other one that. um, that not had her character in, but the fellow was in, um, you know the one that kills kills the cat and everything. Fatal Attraction. What's one in that? Oh, she'd be classed as one? Uh, but uh, also in um, now there's something else. That, something else that was mentioned there. Yeah, uh, it mentioned um, Amy A- Acker's character in Dollhouse. But I would certainly think the Eliza Dushik character. Uh, uh, is uh, is um, sort of a femme fatale. Okay, yeah. well we just regroup, I've got a couple of more clips so let's get one more out of the way and that's Lara Croft. Do we consider her to be one?
8: <laughs> it's it is yours now, Lara. You're seeing I. Groomed by the elite. Have you
10: ever heard of the Clock of Ages? It gives the possessor power of the people of the light.
8: Oh. And trade, trade, Come back, we can be partners.
10: You might try to kill me. I'm not going to
8: kill
10: you. I said you'd try.
8: <laughs> Angelina Jolie. Angelina Jolie. Angelina, Angelina Jolie. Save the universe.
5: Absolutely. Tomb Raider. Oh, wait, oh, Tomb Raider. Tomb oh, Raider. In theaters everywhere. Oh, wait, wait. June, June 15th. Okay. Um, we're going back around the room, Rowan. So I think we're back up to you.
11: Yep. You're back up to me. I, I noticed when you missed. How about the Rani?
5: Hmm. No, certainly. Well, certainly that uh, the actress has played quite a few femme fatales in a time in 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 other things. So yes, yes.
3: Yeah.
5: No. No. <laughs> <Just> <laughs> flat
1: flatly, that character is not a femme fatale. No. Uh uh-uh. uh There's no sexuality to that character whatsoever. There's no. I mean, there are barely any social skills at all. Well,
11: how about in the um. Uh, not time and but um, the uh, the original one she was in. Mark of the Rani? of the Rani, She seems like she lures a lot of guys to their doom. And but not
1: sexually. Not sexually. There's not no. Not sexually. Yeah, and it, it, this whole thing. They're warm the, bath <laughs> oh, valley. <warm. laughs> <laughs> wow. Wow. <Ooh.
5: laughs> Dave. It's a warm bath. She has a bathhouse, doesn't she? Mm, yes. I'm yeah. being quite normal here, Ian. You were reading in sure the where they weren't any. I was going to ask people if they had any <laughs> a couple of reasons why they like Lara Croft, but I thought, it'll get misinterpreted. <laughs> <laughs> I can
3: think of two right up front.
5: What, big old lips? No, or guns.
3: <laughs> <laughs> and by guns, I mean weapons. And by weapons, I mean pistols and my pistols aiming in anyway
2: <laughs> <laughs> it got done how the circle groaned uh, but uh, Dave just uh, Eliza who's character was Faith which I did mention early.
8: yes. Yeah.
2: but the uh, the one I was on about was Anya from um, Buffy ah yeah Caulfield because she's sort of had that sort of thing you didn't know if she was going to change back or not So that was more the point I was looking for.
5: Yeah, yeah. I think the biggest one was uh, Jasmine, of course, this goddess who got everybody... uh, uh, But, um, right, well, uh, I think we're basically up to a point where I've got one more clip to play, so I may as well play it, and then basically if Ian wants to take us once around the room, that might bring us to an end. So the last one... Again, whether she's included or not, you can make your comment when we come back to you. And it's uh, Sarah Connor because uh, she used every skill. You could argue she only used um, a wiles, in in not so much in her, in her, in her sexual allure. So Darth won't agree, but she actually tries to convince, like the guards, that she's uh, you know reformed or whatever. But here's a little clip of her trying to escape.
11: Son of a bitch. Let's all try to remain calm. Open it or he'll be dead before he to the floor. There's no way, Connor. Let him go. Open the door! It ain't gonna happen.
8: Take it easy, sir. Easy. It hey, won't work. Yeah, you no know, killer. I don't believe you. Right. You're already dead.
0: Everybody dies, you know I believe it. Open the
8: door. Open the door! Ah. Ah.
10: Back off! Get back! I'll pump
8: him
11: full of this shit. I
8: swear.
11: Don't move. Drop the
10: shit. Do it. Do it. Get in the office. On the floor, face down. Not you. Open the door. On the floor. Hold it
8: open. Face the wall. Ah. There. Ah. Get
5: her! Get her! And one more I've just thought of while that. What about the species character from. Is it Daryl Hannah or whatever? She she uses a, a sexual allure to try and find a mate. I mean.
2: It's not Daryl Hannah, though.
5: Is it not Daryl Hannah? <laughs> well, whoever it is, the, the actual species alien. Okay, Ian, do you want to take us out and round the room?
2: Uh, Natasha Hensch, that was it.
5: Oh, Natasha Hensch, yeah. Ian, do you want to take us around the room? Because I think we're getting up to an hour and three quarters. I think uh, one more last comment from everybody might finish, unless anybody feels as though we've missed a complete subsection here. Ian? Sorry. Cut.
3: <laughs> my Mute. bad. Mute. Self-mute. Mute. 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 Well, you see, I'd be, Yeah, anyway, never mind. I, wanna, I won't explain. He's it, checking <laughs> out
5: Tomb Raider.
3: <laughs> no, my dog's scratching. <laughs> <laughs> and that's not a euphemism. euphemism. Anyway, going once more around the room to put the nail on the coffin of the show... <laughs> Let's start off with Mr. Charlie B.
4: Seventy Nine. Oh, uh, I think I pretty much said what I what I had to do. Just women are neat.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Good luck.
3: Yes, well said, Mr. Darth Skeptical. Hello. What now?
1: What are we doing?
3: Last words before I say get out. Get! Oh.
1: Uh yeah, I don't know. Femme fatales are almost always, uh, I don't know, misunderstood by people. I suppose yeah. they're,
3: just, they're just they're not bad. They're just drawn that way.
1: <laughs> I suppose. But I mean, more than that, I think I think that people misclassify them and mislabel them, and and think that just because just because a woman is strong doesn't mean that she's a femme fatale.
5: Yeah, I think I think we've had a very broad stroke on this uh, episode, and I apologise for not doing more groundwork on it.
3: Leave him, leave him, leave him to his own devices for a couple of weeks, and what does he do?
5: I watch the golf. But,
3: uh, yeah, it's yeah. That's, that's it. yeah, he's watching the golf. I'm surprised we didn't have golfing terminology crop up. Anyway, moving on down the green.
2: Uh, Graham, four. <laughs> I, it's a bit of an ambiguous. It was a bit of an ambiguous title, uh, as such, because uh, for one person's idea of what a femme fatale is, they have in their mind, it's probably not so much the dictionary uh, definition. Um, Rowan's idea is more sort of like a, a, sort of a sexually attractive, strong woman, where Darth. M- more sort of t- lean towards somebody that uh, uses her feminine wiles to get what she wants, and is generally sort of direction of bad stroke, evil, um, ambiguous uh, category that we tried this week. But well, I don't know. I think we did fairly well. There was a fair few that came out of that. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, mixed it up a bit. Yeah. 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 yeah.
8: <laughs> get that scratch of the go.
2: Mix it
3: up. <laughs> All right, Mike.
9: Hey, we actually managed to stick to the topic, uh, if, unlike the the pre-show today where we we're, were going off, and unlike my show last night where we went off to a different topic, but yeah, this was a rather interesting list to go through, an inter- interesting topic to discuss coming up with examples of. I got to mention Wheel of Time characters, so I'm happy there. There you go.
3: <laughs> I, I understand um, a, a certain Crimson Rig Box had, uh, had an effect on your show.
9: He hijacked the topic.
3: <laughs> yes, yes. He's rather proud of himself for that. <laughs> 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 Alright. Yeah. Rowan, any last words?
11: Uh, uh, yes. Well, I would probably say not, no, I wasn't doing very well on this topic, I don't think. I couldn't <laughs> think of any really strong female characters who were fatal.
3: <laughs> ah. We had fun, though. The Best fish people made. of Venice oh, oh. all
11: fun. Ah. Yeah, I mean, I wish Romana, too, was back. I mean, at least she could come up with some other characters, and I feel all alone here. <laughs>
3: the only female in the room. We even we were, we were even short of Howie T as well.
11: Yeah, we need Howie. Yeah. What's up? All you right.
2: Need get again? What? what? You oh. need to get inside that again? <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> I see what you did there. All right, and Mr. Tim Jury,
5: he may have, he may have fallen off now. I think he's flaked. He's gone. Yeah.
3: All right then. Well, there's nothing left to do than to uh, thank our people in text. Cost Meyer, uh, Guest Five, and Mystery Presenter, and Dave AC Two. <laughs> do we really have to have two of you in here? Isn't one enough? It's be backup. <laughs> yeah, you get my back up all the time. Um, <laughs> so, anyway, join us next week for our wrap up of this series of Doctor Who. We will be doing a um, series of FNARG review uh, now that it is finishing up, of course, on BBC America. Uh, hopefully, a lot more people can join in and we'll do a full wrap up of the whole series. And maybe there'll be a special guest. Who knows? We never know, do we, Dave?
5: We never know who will show we, up. We don't, indeed.
3: You'll never know if I'll show up. Uh, <laughs> so, there's nothing more to say now, but <laughs> it's goodbye from Mr. Dave AC.
5: And it's goodbye from him.
3: Goodbye, everybody. plus.